0: Hey, what's up? We love Burger King Grilled Dogs. They're made with 100% beef, and they're 100%. They're so good, they make us want to sing, like... I can't believe it. Burger King made a grilled dog. Made with 100% beef. Flame grilled anytime you want. You can try it in classic or chili cheese. Flame grilled and made with 100% beef. Starting at just $1.99. Get a grilled dog now at participating Burger King restaurants. Flame grilling hot dogs since 2016. Price and participation vary.
1: If you feel that there's more to life than iPhones, iPads, and mindless consumerism. If you're searching for the keys to unlock your true potential. If you're open to receiving information in all forms in any number of ways. If organized religion, organized political movements, and any form of collectivism does not just quite cut it for you. If you engage in critical thinking. If you think for yourself. If you don't think you're crazy for not agreeing with the herd mentality if you have peace and love in your heart and Jack Daniels in your bloodstream, if you believe that seriousness is a disease, if you're curious, then come, let us go on a journey together as we explore the outer limits of inner truth. Welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show. Outerlimitsradio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Today, we're going to be focusing on Mr. Stuart Wilde's book, The Force. It came out in 1984. 30 years later, some of the greatest metaphysical teachers in the world and spiritual seekers all across the world are still talking about it. It was a very powerful book. We're going to be with Mr. Chris Krepsik. Who worked with Stuart for over 20 years. He himself is a very accomplished and very powerful metaphysical teacher. And I'm so excited. I love listening to this interview. I just re-listened to it. There's a lot of great information that's out there. You think that Star Wars understands what the Force is? Star Wars has nothing on Mr. Stuart Wild. And we're going to find out exactly why. So, the Out of Limits of Radio Show proudly presents a discussion on Stuart Wilde's book, The Force. Joining us now is Mr. Chris Krepsik, metaphysical teacher, founder of thehoodedstage.com, and a gentleman who worked very closely with Mr. Stuart Wilde, who is author of the book, The Force. We're with Mr. Krepsik today to talk about Stuart's book, The Force, understanding it, how important it was, talking about why today many years after it was written while it's still why it's still significant mr Krepsick, truly an honor as always to have you in our program thank you for being with us today thank you ryan excellent okay stewart wrote the book the force can you please explain what the force is is it what they describe as in star wars as this majestic energy field energy field that surrounds all of us Or how would you describe the force
0: yeah it's very much like it's described in um, star wars it's a it's um, everywhere. It is the life force itself. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a feeling, um, but it's also a light. And over the years in studying it, uh, observing more and more of it, it's actually a, a system of what we call fractal codes, which is basically information um, which are geometrical shapes of light, but they contain information like a digital memory. It's like a massive storage device. You could call it God. I mean, it is the all-inclusive, eternal, infinite energy field within all things. It's both within inside everything as
1: well as you are with, within it. So is this force, is this something that, how does somebody engage with the force? How do you engage it? Is it something that when people say use the power of, of the force, how do you actually cultivate and utilize the this this energy field that
0: basically comes down to discipline on many different levels you have to have physical emotional mental uh, philosophical and spiritual discipline to where you are um, basically learning to expand your own feelings because you are an energy field yourself you are a life force and you also have to open yourself to the larger, broader, I call it the celestial force. I don't really like the word God too much because there's too many ideas about what that is. But it is definitely like a celestial force and the way you align to it is just by being open to it. And that comes down to um, transcending the rigid intellectual p- opinions within your subconscious mind and your conscious mind.
1: Okay. So could that be through let's say for example never, you know, taking a belief too seriously, or is it can it come through meditation? Are those some of the ways that you would be more open to the force?
0: Well yeah, it's it's not so much about having an idea as much as it is having a feeling. Um, it's the expansion of your own consciousness. You have, And in order to do that, you have to ditch the programming. Everybody's brought into this world, and, and there's a certain amount of programming which gives people a rigid concept of what reality is. But reality is not just the physical plane. You have to align to feeling and expand your own consciousness, which comes down to meditation and certain etheric techniques. But it's mostly just looking at the world with a soft eye. You have to learn to feel your energy and other energies, as well as perceive them, um, learn to see them. Um, but it's not all just about seeing because consciousness is a feeling.
1: Okay. And say that you work on yourself, you're more open, you get rid of your rigid ideas and you're, you become more aligned and more open to the to this beautiful force, and uh, you know, a.k.a. God, if you want to call it that. What are some of the benefits that you can immediately see in your life? Well, if you cast out an intention into the universe, will you likely see a physical manifestation much faster? If you pray for someone, are your prayers more likely to have a substantial impact than if you were not aligned? What, How can you visually or um, see some of the benefits of having a closer alignment with the Force? Well,
0: as you work with your energy and open up to it, it takes you into a quickening, which basically just means that your awareness and perception speeds up. It's like coming to life, with new eyes and a broader vision of reality than what you had before. As your energy quickens, um, your vibrational frequency speeds up, and yes, therefore, things manifest faster and faster into your reality because you're co-creating your reality. You create your reality with the quality of your inner feelings and your inner attitudes, not to mention your actions. You have to be able to follow your inner guidance as well.
1: And can you get to the point where you're actually able to physically manipulate reality through the power of telekinesis. This is one of the th- things we will be going into in a future show discussing the power of telekinesis. How does that actually happen? Do you have to be at such a high vibrational frequency in order for that to occur?
0: Well, people are creating their reality all the time, whether or not they're aware of it. Um But most of the time, they just think it's happenstance or something's happening to them. But you have to realize that you're creating your reality and you're making reality happen all of the time. It's not real. I wouldn't really call it telekinesis. And I don't really like the word manipulation. Um, You can definitely make things happen. It's the power to make things happen in your reality. Um, I wouldn't call it manipulation because that has negative
1: uh, things
0: in it. It's more of a relationship and a communication. It's a silent communication beneath the surface and it's a communication of vibrational feelings and energies and codes. And as you develop your ability to work with that, you're basically sending out signals of information into, into reality. And you are basically singing in your own reality to you. So if you're singing, if you're sending out signals of say, um, poverty or lack, Then you'll experience it. If you're sending out codes of abundance and generosity, you'll experience that.
1: And if somebody were to really, I guess, devote themselves passionately to the idea of being able to, let's say, to try to make objects move or to try to to, to change or move their car with their mind – is that something that would be within the realm of possibilities of raising their energy? Is that something that would be actually possible if they devote themselves to to this for a very long period of time?
0: Yes, you can definitely do certain things like that. I don't know if it's quite like in the movies where you can lift a spaceship just because you feel like pulling it out of the pond, but <laughs> but <laughs> but in a field of all possibilities, then yes, I would have to say yes, anything is possible with it. But when you when when you reach those levels, you also Have to come to terms with it's. It's a power that you probably will never use. It's. It's an energy and a power there, but it's not something to be abused. And um, if you do, you suffer the consequence of it. You can. You can do a certain amount of things, but it has to be in tune with what is allowed.
1: Okay. And what are the restrictions as far as utilizing the, the power of uh, this great power for this at least for this reality?
0: You have to be very careful not to mess with the mystical forces because it can backfire on you severely. And I okay. don't really—it's not really necessarily a rule um, I, to where you can to where I can say there's an intellectual rule, but it is like a code of honor, a code of discipline, and it's basically just the ability to live with warmth, wisdom, and understanding um, as you view and deal with everything if you abuse that power it's um or try to uh manipulate things then you fall into levels of control which is the opposite side so it's a it's it's got to be a well-rounded thing where you're basically on the side of light if that makes sense and you don't want to fall into the codes of restriction because it's a process of liberation basically where you're you're stepping beyond the boundaries of control and manipulation. So you you have to take the other side to where it's not trying to control or manipulate, but it has to be something that actually assists human consciousness and nature and animals. And that's the life force itself, really.
1: All right. You just mentioned something really interesting, that you, it's a sacred code of honor and that you don't want to do anything to, let's say, upset it in any capacity and I want to bring up two examples of how you might utilize this. Say, for example, you have the intention of wanting to help people. Your goal is to utilize this great power to help people, to help them find true peace. However, in a situation, you want to help people find love and peace, but you're actively involved or pursuing an ideology that may be aligned to an organized religion. You believe that wholeheartedly within your heart that people who do not follow your particular religion – are condemned to a, an, an eternity of hell, and it is your best intention to try to convince them to see things your particular way. Despite the fact that you may not be completely open-minded, that you are set in this way, are you infringing upon the people, are tempering or, or chancing, triggering a negative response from that supreme power by um, trying to convince them to see things from your way? Yeah, it, by trying it's to-
0: not about that. It, th- that. That would be an infringement. It's not about going out there and trying to convince anybody of anything. Um, it's not about forcing your views onto others. It's, you know, that's the stuff that people are trying to break away from that they have to, in order to evolve and really expand their consciousness into a true spirituality. They have to escape those things. You know, that's the old ways of people trying to impose onto others. That's a total infringement on their spiritual evolutionary path. Um, you can, you can talk about things and do things. Most of it, comes down to the the real way that you impact human consciousness is you develop the quality of your own energy it's a silent thing as you develop the quality of your energy and expand your consciousness more and more that energy and information travels through the collective human energy field so somebody may come across um the energy of somebody that's 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 kind of transcended and they're silent they don't even know them and then one day they wake up and they go, oh, what about this? What about that? They wake up with a new feeling or a feeling of being revitalized and seeing things differently. It, it's the subtle little shift like that. It's not about running out and jumping and trying to change somebody's mind because that just enters you into the conflict of what the matrix
1: is. Okay, but if you were to cast an intention out and you wanted to help people and you say, you know, I, I wish to send this person – love, peace, to to help them find whatever is great for them. Is that working closer in alignment to what the force is in terms of the celestial energy?
0: It's it's fine to do that stuff to a degree. You don't want to go overboard with it. And there's a lot of things in explaining that that people don't understand, which may get a little bit confusing. But a lot of prayers are just nothing more than a giant orange emotional ball uh, of energy that's part of the matrix itself because the matrix is an energy field that's ruled by emotion and mind. In order for you to truly send energy to somebody else, you have to be void of the emotion. You have to have an emotional detachment where you're solid and strong and balanced and can actually feel your energy touch them. So it's not from a... You don't want to do it from a point of view of like, oh, it's so sad and lovey-dovey and blah, blah, blah and all that kind of stuff to where you're wrapped up into the emotional reaction of it all. You have to transcend that in order for the power of your consciousness to really assist somebody else, it has to be from a stance of strength, not a stance from emotional imbalance.
1: Okay. And as far as the properties of force go, is there a negative um, side to it? Is there a, a, a dark force that is also working parallel or against the uh, the force that's based in celestial energies?
0: Yes, there is. There are definitely dark forces.
1: Okay. And as far as these dark forces go, is, it, is there an origin of one collective dark energy from which this, this force originates from? Or is it a collective dark humanity or collective dark entities that comprise of this dark force? And the second part to that uh, question is that how does a person kind of win out over these darker type forces? What do you have to do in order to have your will be the one that dominates over the darker type forces that are trying to m- infringe upon you.
0: All right. Well, um, that's a lot and <laughs> questions. The first part the first part of what you were asking is, um, I don't think that you can really root it to one one main dark force where it originates from. I, I you know, I think it's I think darkness is probably eternal to agree to a degree just like the the light is most of the darkness that people contend with though is the darkness within humanity itself the human shadow that is the main darkness that people um, contend with on this earth plane and that darkness yes is linked to other entities that aren't necessarily linked to humans at all
1: okay but i wouldn't and- say
0: there's one top end-all, be-all ruler of the dark. I mean, there's lots of them.
1: There's... <laughs> well, say, for example, if there's somebody were to use some dark energy, they would to to say, listen, I'm going to use black magic to, to impact or, or you know hurt someone. How does that dark magic or that black magic override uh, the celestial forces or any kind of celestial energy that a person may have is it, um, let's, and I want to point out something. If somebody is disciplined in the dark, they, they hold their anger very consistently and they have a lot more passion to send hatred towards someone than a person may have passion to protect themselves or even be loving, does that darkness ultimately triumph over the celestial energies that that person ha- will have?
0: Sometimes it does. It, it definitely can. Um, you have to understand that any form you know, they don't necessarily have to be trained in black magic ways. You know, the the thing about it is, the sad thing about it is, is you have tons of books out there in today's society, which were all based on certain metaphysical things, but they threw out the stuff they didn't want to listen to. And they focused on the stuff that they liked, that their ego liked, how to make money, how to have power, how to do this, how to do that, you manipulate in reality, where they threw out the essentials, the bare essentials is... You have to do all this stuff from a state of love. It's not about controlling. Any any form of control or manipulation on an etheric level is black magic.
1: Okay. And does that ultimately come back and, let's say, constrict the person yes. in this reality? Yes,
0: control ends up controlling the controller. And people that, are, people that use black magic, whether or not they call it black magic or not, if they're using control and manipulation tactics, emotional manipulation, um, mental manipulation – uh, uh, any form of manipulation their energy they will have black etheric energies in their own energy field and that's not
1: healthy sure now the, when that having that in the black etheric energy field does that make them more vulnerable to let's say for example a catastrophic accident or some her- being a victim of a horrific crime
0: sometimes but it's, it's all backwards from what you may think because there are dark forces that support dark forces in this world you know like the power of the light is outnumbered in this physical plane i mean there's more light than there is darkness and people can align to that but you have to understand the matrix and sphere of control um that dominates human consciousness actually supports evil in a lot of different ways so when you align to the light it's a bit of a challenge you have it's a battle of resonances you know if you want a soul of your own you got to fight for one man
1: Okay, and just want to go a little bit off the path real quick, just because I think you just made a really interesting point in terms of the reality that we're in living right now, where the evil, let's say, dominates the, the light on this physical. Way, is this something that should be occurring? Is this part of humanity's overall, you know, is this is this supposed to be done on purpose, or is this a perversion in terms of the greater history of humanity that it's never been this way before? Is this, are we in uncharted territory as far as? allowing this evil to dominate the physical reality. No, I
0: believe it's happened before. I think that the reason why you see it escalating is, is because of population, really. There's more and more humans, more and more humans, so that means there's more and more um, ego and shadow to process. Now, the challenge is, I think everybody is pretty much born with a clean slate, but you're born into... I mean, a clean slate meaning that everybody has the opportunity in this lifetime to develop the quality of their consciousness and align to the light. The challenge is that we're born into a system of programming and control, which generates the human ego, it generates emotion, and it generates rigid opinions, all of which somebody has to transcend in order to align to the light. So you're kind of beaten from the start, and the chances of making it out are rare. You actually You actually have to commit to it.
1: Okay. And if you look at other examples for human history on the metaphysical, spiritual level, how did humanity in other eras, times eradicate the darkness? And how did they return to the light? Like, was there any, was it a fundamental big event that occurred? Or was it a series of years of people, you know, just changing one by one by one?
0: Well, there were, there were there were times when um, there would be certain groups of people um, where initiates would would basically enter the earth plane, and they would have they would have times where they would experience a certain amount of spiritual enlightenment. Um, say, like around 500 BC, you had a number of initiates appear around that time, and it helped human spirituality evolve. You had the the time of Camelot when Merlin and his his people. Um, basically entered the earth plane and they provided uh, a golden age for human consciousness. You know, that's happened down throughout history, you know, even thousands of years ago with the Tuatha Dé Danann in in Ireland, that same type of thing. It was a a golden age where people could be creative and loving. Um, There, there were also, you know, that, that thing of the cosmic, eternal cosmic battle between light and dark. They also faced Certain amounts of darkness as well. Okay. Does, it an, does we'll that help. answer your
1: question? Yes, yes, it does answer the question. Again, and like there's, there's other it. times
0: too when it's forced upon them, like when you have cataclysms and such. I'm, I'm quite certain that sometimes those things happen, which allows human consciousness to experience a huge shift as well.
1: Yeah, I was just curious to see if we ever, if there was ever a point in time in human history where we actually had a very celestial type of era, where you know people—not to say everything had to be all you know peace and loving, but at least it was much, much farther away from the darkness that you know, reality currently seems to be in. Um, chapter three, of Stuart's book, The Force, talks about developing a flow of communication with the Force, and one of the things he specifically talks about is becoming closer aligned to your spirit guide that you have. Can you please talk about? How a person, when they're coming to this reality, what the purpose of the guide is, who that guide might be, and how a person can develop a closer connection with them.
0: Well, one of the one of the main things you have to realize is that your guide, at, at first, is um, your own higher self. It seems like it's something external from you, but it's not. You basically are your higher self, but just by being born into this physical reality and having a human mind, it kind of causes a little bit of a schism to where where humans view that as being outside of themselves. So part of it is a process of learning to listen to your own higher consciousness, which is a broader version of you. It's not limited to the same 3D restraints um, as you would normally think of the physical plane. Um, And also, you enter this world with other guides, um, because you're not just necessarily coming here, without a plan <laughs> and mo- most of the guides that you have <clears throat> will be people that you're close to or are learning from in this physical plane and it's, it's not necessarily forever either because they come in stages like sometimes a guide will appear to you for a short amount of time um, for until whatever your purpose with them is accomplished and then sometimes you have guides that are with you for a longer amount of time um, and you also have Things like power animals, um, sacred animals that are linked to you, which are basically reflections of inner traits inside of yourself. And so you have all of these things and basically learning to communicate with them comes from what I mentioned earlier about silencing ego, emotion and mind and expanding your subtle feelings to where you're open to a broader reality of vibrational feelings as well as developing your perception, because you can also see those things. It all starts with a feeling.
1: Okay, and if you were to think about uh, or present a couple ways that people can begin those, at least or enhance it, do you find that the meditation is helpful? Do you find that listening to the Theta Metronomes are helpful? Do you find that some of the retreats that you do are helpful? Like, How would you uh, just describe how some of these um, physical acts can actually help or enhance a person's ability to become in, in touch and aligned with these guys that you just mentioned?
0: Well, meditation and trance states is, are definitely crucial to that because that's part of how you develop the ability to silence your mind into a clean slate. I mean basically a mind of no thought is a state of transcendence to where you can perceive things directly as they are rather than through preconceived ideas and um yeah as far as the the retreats and such most of the people that experience them they learn to see the etheric field they learn to see the fractal codes and geometries and yes they learn to communicate with their guides and the beings that are out there
1: and do these beings and guides, are they, as, they ultimately have the greater purpose of trying to get the person to align with the force? Is that something that is always part of their ultimate goal? Or can these guides, in one way, shape, or form, be a, a, a deterrence to it? Can they actually happen, your ability to become closer aligned to the force?
0: Uh, well, that's quite interesting because, um, an interesting comment to make because most, <laughs> <clears throat> most of the beings that are interacting with people, are actually trying to stagnate them. Really? Well, yeah. (laughs) That's part part of the, the field of control, though. There are entities that stop people from expanding their perception, and there are beings that try to mislead people. Okay, so that's what I was saying earlier about it's a little bit of a battle. You have to learn to contend with that to a degree and align to the light and the celestial beings that are there. The challenge for people is that they exist within... There's two dark bands that separate this reality from the deeper spiritual worlds where pure information exists.
1: Is there any way you can actually tell if your spirit guides are, are negative or actually working against you? I wouldn't
0: necessarily that they are your spirit guides. What I'm saying is that there are definitely spiritual entities that oh, influence entities. people. Okay. And um, the thing, the reason for it is they feed on your energy they feed on your emotion they feed on your fear okay that is their purpose that, that's they're sustained by those things all right okay. so i wouldn't necessarily call them guides because your, uh, your guide would never really do anything to hurt you i mean in the same okay in the same way that um you if you have a loving relationship with a person that per in 3d it's the same thing. They're going to be sensitive to your needs and they're going to have a care for you. They're not going to try to manipulate and control you.
1: Okay, Does that make sense? Yes, makes, makes
0: total sense. It's exactly the yeah. same way when it comes to the beings. A good being, uh, a celestial being, they they don't interfere too much, but they're not going to do anything. That...
1: To, to go out of the way and hurt you. Right.
0: Okay. You also and... have to understand that there's so many different beings that... Sometimes the ones and I, I cautious people to be um, careful not to become towed around by the nose because a lot of beings that come in aren't necessarily there to assist with your higher evolution, but they actually want something from you, like assistance.
1: Okay, like how how could you assist a, a celestial higher being by what by worshiping them? By no, 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 no. Them. Like if they're giving you
0: guidance, say like. Uh, Let's say like a bean comes in, you know, you hear it with psychic cases and stuff like that, like a bean will come in and let's say a little kid is lost and they're trying to find the, the little kid and a bean will come in and actually give the person information on how to find where the kid's at, right? And then once the psychic helps somebody, helps the family find the kid... Then that being moves on because that's the, the only thing that they were there for was to communicate with the psychic about where to find the kid. But they don't – that being doesn't necessarily have any more information to provide the person with about their own spiritual evolution. You can't assume that all beings know more than you do. Just because of spirit beings, a spirit being doesn't necessarily mean that they understand anything more about m- mystical reality than a human does.
1: Okay. And have you ever had experiences where you've actually had celestial beings that have come to you and have asked you questions and have asked you to kind of help them along?
0: Yeah, I spend most of my time doing that. <laughs> That's great. Most of, okay. them, most of them ask me questions, but I understand that, and you have to understand that what it is is that your consciousness is not bound um, to the same laws of... 3D reality, as your um, as your spirit is, and everybody has an aluna self. And I work with a number of different people, and I will often communicate with their higher selves directly, to where I'm actually talking to or receiving information from a spiritual being. Uh, I don't make it any big deal because I recognize them and know it's the energy and consciousness of their counterpart in 3D, the physical human being. That's that's wild. And then definitely there are also celestial beings that aren't necessarily linked to a specific person in 3D, and they will also download information and visions which can assist with um, expanding your consciousness.
1: That's wild. So, yeah, that's great that you you communicate, you're kind of like a facilitator for for the celestial and uh, people in 3D. And uh, I, I want to point out something as well. I mean, if you're enjoying this interview with Mr. Krepsich, you should listen to the – we've had him on two other times previously. And it's. I'll, I'll put a link to those two shows that were on here. Chris, I'd like to move to Chapter 4 of Stuart's book. Okay. The Forest, talking about the four disciplines of the initiates. And he talks about there are four disciplines. There's physical, nutritional, and the emo- discipline of balance. Right. I was wondering how a balance in each of those – would align your energy to the force and why having, why it's so crucial and important to have a balance in each one of those that we just described. So the first one is
0: because all inner, all inner power comes from discipline, right? So you have to develop inner power. Um, Emotional discipline mostly is a matter of calming your ego and your mind from thinking, which you have to do that in order to, in order to receive subtle vibrational information, if you're all wrapped up emotionally and chaotically thinking all the time, with your the intellect um, ruling, it blocks you out from perceiving the subtle energy field, right? So you have to balance that. You have to discipline that. Um, imbalance is also as much part of the game as balance is. You want to bring yourself into a balance, but you also have to understand imbalance because anytime you make a major shift, you go through a period of imbalance which teaches you how to balance out the next level. Like if you're reaching a faster vibrational frequency, you have to be strong enough to stand your ground in the moment of it to where you can deal with the imbalance, and that's the learning process of being able to stand at a faster vibrational rate. Okay. Does that make sense?
1: And Yeah, it does make sense. And in terms of the physical discipline, I guess not everyone is a passionate, uh, you know, not everyone's passionate about the gym, but is there some things that you'd recommend to people in order to have some type of physical balance? Is there anything that you recommend? Well
0: that's not all that physical that's not all that physical discipline means. Physical discipline, um, for the most part means to have an understanding of your physical body. Same thing with nutritional discipline. It's having an understanding of, say, where your liver is. You know, if, if your if your body's feeling off. You can heal yourself, but you have to at least know a little bit about your body as to where to channel your energy through. So it's not just about, say, working out at the gym. You know, everybody needs to exercise to a degree. You don't want to go over the top. It's all a fine balance. But physical discipline is not just about working out at the gym. It's about having an understanding of of your physical form and not just your physical form, but other physical forms.
1: Okay, so if we talk about physical, nutritional, emotional, just the mere act of being aware of the principles, the fundamentals of all of them, is that a big push in terms of making yourself almost totally balanced without even taking on the action part of them? Just the awareness.
0: Well, yeah, it all starts with awareness. I'm not saying people shouldn't exercise. I hope you understand that. I'm just saying that there's a lot more to physical discipline than just that. But yeah, okay. it all—that's all the foundation. You know, those those four disciplines are the foundation but you know there's actually 99 of them
1: i'm actually wondering um just want to pause for one second is there a pot? is there a way we can get those 99 points is it somewhere i can pull that i would love to add it to this
0: no because i teach those as part of the private oh. school <laughs> okay
1: well there you go <laughs> <laughs> sorry we'll sorry sure. about
0: that but yeah that's...
1: no worries no worries no you go to the hooded and I just want to pause for one second and let everyone know. that You can go to thehoodstages.com. You can take Chris's course. I've done it. It's been absolutely fantastic. Chris will answer a lot of great questions, and he puts a lesson on there every week. And the lessons are well written, well done. And you read them. You're, you're understanding them intellectually, but you're also feeling them as well. So I just want to point that out to everyone. I want to just go ahead real quick to Chapter 5 of Stuart's book. All right. The Force, called The Love of the Force Sets You Free, talking about why it's so important to, to love and to respect this energy and speaking of that, are there certain words, are there certain affirmations that you can think of where if you say them on a daily basis, they will magnify celestial love and energy towards you? Are there certain words or phrases that a person could say that are wrapped up or heavily coated with uh, positive energy that will ultimately draw more of that stuff to you?
0: Uh, yeah, of course there is. I, the, what, the, what you have to understand about affirmations, though, is that affirmations are not just words. There's everything you do affirms something. If you, In order for affirmations to truly work, you can't just use them as words or thoughts because affirmations are also the quality of your actions. You know, it's the quality of your feelings. It's the quality of your thoughts. It's the quality of what you do. If you start the day with saying, um, what, and I also teach people to create their own affirmations because affirmations are something you should use in direct relation to whatever it is you're dealing with in your life, and everybody's life situation is slightly different, so you should create your own affirmations um, in order to shift and and deal with your moment. But um, in order for them to work, <laughs> you can't just say peace, peace, love, love, happy, happy, joy. Um, you know, you can you can say things like that that helps shift your subconscious programming into a more loving one but your actions also have to follow it if you're saying peace and love but then your actions throughout throughout the day reflect the opposite you're neutralizing the affirmations that you thought you were doing you have to back it with your actions if if you want to if you believe in love then you should be loving and everything you do should be a reflection of love you can't say that you believe in love and then go out in the work field and then rip people off or cheat people or hurt people. You have to back it up. Your actions have to back up your words. And that's the power of truth and word, basically. Uh,
1: Well, Mr. Chris Krepsich, it was a great honor to speak with you today. Chris is the founder of thehoodatsage.com. He's a metaphysical teacher, and he worked with Stuart Wilde extensively. And Stuart was the author of the book The Force. Chris, it was great speaking with you. To learn more about Mr. Krepsik. Please go to his website at thehoodedstage.com. Thank you so much, Mr. Krepsik. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Out of Limits of Tooth Radio Show. Special thanks to our great guest, Mr. Chris Krepsik. Special thanks to our beloved friend, Mr. Stuart Wilde, who we still hold dearest to our hearts to this day. Special thanks to our virtues, Miss Kerry O'Connor, Miss Laura Lynn, Miss Lisa Kaza. And Ms. Constance Dellas. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Tooth Radio Show, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. Until the next time we meet, my friends, wishing upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Thank you so much for listening, and have an unbelievable rest of the week. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing, like Swedish techno confusing.